22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. After these two weeks, I think we're going to change the name of the show from Meanwhile 22 Pages Later to Meanwhile 22 Viruses Later. Because I, I don't know about, my, well, Mike, definitely, but I know I, I was sick as fuck. It's more like Meanwhile 22 Infectious <laughs> Patients Later. Right. It's just what happens when you get old. Me, what? <laughs> yeah, it took me a while. I'm like, what? Well, before we even go to busting each other's chops, let's go right into the intros. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode. Delayed, but we have it here of meanwhile 22 pages later episode 28 i'm one of your hosts the cap not sick <laughs> here with mfg mike the finance guy they are not going to catch us we're on a mission from god what's that from blues brothers uh-huh. oh oh right. man <laughs> the, 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 the good one not not, not blue brothers yeah. 2000 right yeah no i don't even remember that exists <laughs> <laughs> and our and our other host the one who was not infected by the plague our rt square ralph the tech Ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, really you went pacino Ooh, ah. that's funny i'm i'm laughing at that before before we get into it, um, the reason um, the reason we took a week off, we didn't really intend to take a week off, but unfortunately, MFG and I had both come down. It seems like we both came down with the flu. Yeah, you're like Typhoid Mary. You gave it to everybody around you. <laughs> hey, hey, who tells people to come visit me and like want to shake my hand and stuff? You can just wave at me. It's okay. And shake your hand. We were trying to get money from you. <laughs> isn't it amazing how the only six claws guy was the guy who didn't get sick? See. When you praise Wolverine, good things happen. Maybe we should change yeah. your name to Sick Claws and see what happens with that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm okay. It's just, it's, I mean, I'm glad Mike's okay because we were both like dying, texting each other like, what's going on? <laughs> Are we going to do the podcast? I don't know. Can't lift my eyes. <laughs> I didn't know that your uh, your thumbs give you sore throats. Yeah, you, you can read the text <laughs> from that. <laughs> you read the way the it goes. Yeah, dude. Sick text, like, like the, the font is all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a lot to catch up and a limited amount of time to do it. So let's do what we do best. Go to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kat. Yeah, this news is going to be quick and nice and grumbly. Actually, it won't be, it won't be that quick, but it will be nice and gravelly voice, that's for sure. <laughs> You're like Phoebe from Friends. Yeah, what's going on out there, you people? <clears throat> All right, what we got? Um, We've got lots of different things here and there. I'm trying to think of what I want to start it off with. Let's start it off with a little bit of uh, AMC Network news. It's been months since rumors and intentions were released, but as of March 28th, AMC Network officially announced that a Walking Dead companion piece is finally in the works. Good. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. Uh, the showrunner, executive producer, and co-writer will be Dave Erickson from Sons of Anarchy, and will also include Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman and producer Gail Ann Hurd. The series is still untitled, and there are rumors now that it might be a prequel of the events that led to the zombie apocalypse. Uh, but absolutely, everybody is tight-lipped about the project. According to Kirkman, we are going to see an entirely different corner of The Walking Dead. It definitely won't be set in Georgia. It's important to us that this show exists on its own. 
AMC has not confirmed the original um, has not confirmed the originally thought uh, 2015 start date for the new show though. So we don't know well, when it's coming out. Well, okay, maybe this one will actually be good. Oh shut up! <laughs> You're the only person that doesn't watch the zombie apocalypse in all of its glory, right? It's because I can make it so much better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we know what better means. <laughs> Crack <Tanks>. here. <laughs> Tanks. Well, one thing I'll say. Um, I just I don't think I hope it's not a prequel. I really do. Yeah, I don't want to see what will eventually. First of all, that wouldn't be that interesting. Yeah, I don't and, think so. I mean, think about it. It's like it'll be this this world right now. Yeah, and alluding to something that no one should be able to allude to, obviously. Right. So, what would be your story? Yeah. Hey, everything's fine. Wow. Hopefully, nothing bad happens. <laughs> but they're probably gonna do something like we're like. Make it like a medical drama or something where they're developing the virus and then someone's looking at like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Dr. Sexy made the virus. And then you have some sort of like espionage kind of thing going on. Where it's like, we're going to steal this virus. And right. Yeah, I can see that. Ourselves. I could definitely see that. Well, if it's that done by, I would watch. Well, too bad it's not done by Fox. It would be canceled by like the fifth episode. <laughs> <laughs> or, if it's Cartoon, or if it's Cartoon Network, they do it even shorter. <laughs> exactly. So that is that for that part. Let me see. We got some DC news coming up, though. Any good news? Because DC seems to have bad news. Eh, it's just news. Oh. Uh, DC Comics attempts to prove that its main competitor, Marvel Comics, doesn't do all the heavy lifting when it comes to introducing new non-white male heroes. DC Comics has announced their newest hero, Equinox, as a member of the new series, Justice League United. Equinox is Mia Bin a 16-year-old native Canadian girl of the Cree Nation, and that's not the Marvel Cree Nation, that's the regular Native American Cree Nation, uh, who has seasonal powers, which have so far gone unexplained. Uh, Jeff Lemire created the new hero with the help of members of the real Cree Nation to help avoid stereotype that writers and readers tend to uh, associate with such characters. Okay. According to Lemire, we need diversity and we need different personalities. Creating a teenage female superhero was interesting to me because generally most superheroes are white males. Yeah, they're trying to break it up a little bit there. That's true. But yeah, I, I get the strangest feeling though they're not going to be that great with well, the whole Native off, American. First type. off, the name of the name of the fucking person is Equinox. <laughs> well, so well that's always as a car. I couldn't even sell with that name. I don't know if a hero could sell with that name. Well, it, it, I can explain her powers. Seeing as how you have. You know, different equinoxes throughout the world. So, right. e- so equinox, you know, we're, we're fighting against dark side. Quick, make the leaves fall. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I'm around her, this egg actually stands on its end. <laughs> <laughs> but now speaking of Jeff Lemire, and this one I'm actually uh, excited about. Uh, DC Comics is continuing a successful Earth One line of stories with Lemire writing Teen Titans Earth One. That's due out November 19th of this year. Okay. The group will not be former sidekicks, though. Uh, because remember, now I don't know if anyone's read the Earth One world. Like, it's not the regular continuity that we would all know. In other words, in, other words, in Earth One stories, they're all just individual stories, but they're self-contained. So right. Earth One Superman, there is no Batman, oh, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, so you, you let me the Batman. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. that was great. That was great. Yeah. The group will not be former sidekicks uh, because in their world, the adult heroes never existed. The team will feature Cyborg, Changeling, Raven, Jericho, Terra, and Starfire. But sorry, Cap. She is in an outfit more akin to a burka than a bikini. Oh, yeah. God. So you ain't getting any skin on that one. Damn. Deathstroke will be the arch enemy with motivations entirely different from the mainstream character. DC will follow this Earth-1 tale in 2015 with Superman Earth-1 Volume 3 by J. Michael Straczynski and uh, Ardian Siaf, and Batman Earth-1, I guess Volume 2, with Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette's 
Wonder Woman Earth One is still in production. Still. Still. But doesn't have a release date or even a definite release year announced yet. DC Comics is also considering a couple of... uh, I'm sorry, considering a couple of other key franchises for Earth One treatment, but they want to get these out first. What's taking, once again, DC's... They're overthinking Wonder Woman Wonder again. Wonder, and Grant and Morrison, from what I heard him from the um, one of the other podcasts, he was swearing that this was going to yeah. be a great um, Wonder Woman version. Yeah, yeah. and that was like and early were, in 2013, wasn't They it? were going to have it done. They said it was coming out early 2014. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's still nothing. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm hoping it'll be good. And they said, J. Michael Straczynski doing Superman? Volume 3, right? Earth 1, Volume 3. Gonna suck. Yeah, I would imagine. I, I, I will. Gonna suck. The Earth 1 Superman I like all the optimism here. <laughs> Have you read J., J. Michael Straczynski's stuff? No. Uh, you should. Hopefully he'll do for Superman what he did for Spider-Man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nearly collapse it. <laughs> yeah, what he did for Heroes also. Oh, God. Don't even remind me of that. Yeah, there he, you go. Oh, he wrote Heroes? Yeah. He, he wrote it and was let go from it. I see your point. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Marvel's side. Well, at least Marvel-ish side. Mr. Captain America slash Johnny Storm, a.k.a. Chris Evans, announced to the press that after he finishes his six-movie contract deal with Marvel Studios, he will leave the characters and acting behind. Bullshit. I call shenanigans. I'm calling big old bullshit on that one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Chris Evans told Variety that he isn't just planning hiatus, but to retire from acting altogether. Uh, But will will he leave the allure of Hollywood forever and open up a fish and chip shop? Eh, No. (laughs) He plans to move into directing instead. Oh, and completely unrelated, for all those that make fun of uh, one of my favorite programs, Revenge, the show's star, Emily Van Camp, portrays Agent 13 in Captain America, The Winter Soldiers. Oh, ha <laughs> ha, so God. there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, you know, he mentioned that in the movie theater yesterday. Well, I was, luckily, I was too far away to hear that. I'm just like, that's my girl, Emily Van Camp. She's Agent 13. Yeah. He, he, asked, he asked one of those questions that he knew I didn't know the answer to. Do you know who so-and-so Van Camp is? No. She's from Revenge. Ha. Yeah. F- fucking K. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My shows peep into everything. No, your show's so unsuccessful. She's got to do other work to keep herself afloat. She's so popular that she's getting in on the business. Shit. You know, you got you got her there. You've got Amy Pond from Doctor Who that's going to be in the Guardian of the Galaxy movie. We're just uh, everywhere, man. What's this we? The people that like revenge and fucking Doctor Who? All the tweens are with him. <laughs> All the revenge. It's my people. <laughs> right? <laughs> so here's some more Marvel Comics news. This one depresses me. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Marvel Comics' newest company-wide event, Original Sin, is going to complicate matters between Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. It will be revealed that Stark had a hand in the gamma bomb accident that created the lumbering green menace. Writers Mark Wade and Kieran Gillen have stated that this will be a proverbial emotional roller coaster for these men. Wade said that the situation might make Stark appear to be the villain of the story, but things won't be so black and white. This is a quote from uh, Mark Wade. It's easy to write a cynical story where you find out there's an original sin and somebody's done something wrong. It's easy to reveal something dark about a character. But the hard part, and to me the most rewarding part, is to try to figure out in a way which helps to find them as a hero rather than just tarnishes them. Yeah, I don't like this interconnected uh, crap. I, I don't. I am not looking forward to original I, sin at all. I can't even put fucking words together. Yeah. I put in consonants in my head. It's like D X Q X L L O. What the fuck? Why are they? Why are they messing with this stuff? I don't understand. I mean, it's like I don't care how noble you bring it out or whatever the case may be. There is no reason that Tony Stark should have anything to do with the gamma bomb that uh, is 
is what changed, you know, Bruce Banner. I mean, that's it's you, just you know ridiculous. What? I, I actually visited Marvel Studios, right? Yeah. And I went to see how the writers do, do their decision making process. Uh-huh. It is literally darts on a dartboard, and you know, they throw the dart, see where it, where it lands, and that's what they're rolling with. It has to be. I feel like you've said that before. Maybe, but this is actually true. And the first one to send us an email saying, when did Ralph actually use that corny ass joke? We'll get a meanwhile 22 pages later t-shirt. Compliment to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be waiting a long time for that t-shirt. <laughs> hey, Mike's still looking to redesign the design again. He's probably feeling itchy again. Yeah, I am actually. No, <laughs> leave the design alone. Well, the, 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 main, the main icon part, I, I don't, I just, it's the background for the Facebook page. I just have to figure out something Oh, before. God. Why don't you open it to the public? Send us your designs for the Meanwhile 22 page, uh, Meanwhile 22 pages later logo, and maybe we'll pick it. Uh, we wouldn't uh, pay you for it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're afraid of the hate mail we're going to get from the tournament. <laughs> that's true too yo fuck you and your tournament that's you know who this true. is It'll be, the logo they'll send is us three in a noose <laughs> three birds for the three fuckers <laughs> go ahead Mike well here's a little information here something, something informative or at least slightly informative for those of you that have ever wondered what happens to my paid subscription when a publisher cancels a title well DC has some answers with the upcoming cancellations of Batman the Dark Knight and the Teen Titans, and Nightwing. The Dark Knight will be replaced by Batman and, which was formerly Batman and Robin, but since there is no Robin right now, it's just Batman and. Teen Titans, which everyone was wondering, like, hey, you're getting rid of the Teen Titans, what are you going to do? Well, Teen Titans will be replaced by new Teen Titans, oddly enough. But for Ralph, and all those wondering about the fate of Batman's much-beloved little dick, (laughs) (laughs) Nightwing will be replaced by a title called... Grayson. Ooh. Oh, okay. So that should be interesting. Uh, and of course, there's no word about what that's about or anything like that. So that's it's that about, be interesting. It's about Dick before he was Dick. <laughs> he was always a Dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And now I'm going to conclude with a piece of fun news. Fun news. Fun. All right. Richard Donner announced that he will be making a sequel to the 1986 cult classic The Goonies. Featuring what? the return of the entire cast. Okay, that's I don't know about fun. It should be fun. That's I mean, pathetic. Well, it should be fun. I mean, the only th- the only thing I would imagine though that would probably suck is I keep imagining that it's going to be we're all the kids of all the adults from the Goonies, and that's going to be the adventure we're having. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that kind of a thing. But the idea of getting the entire cast back, because I mean, I think the entire cast is still alive. That'd be just kind of awkward to see the kid doing the truffle shuffle. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I think he's a lot. He's a lot thinner now. He's thinner now. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's like oh, way thin now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there goes that joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Asian kid probably speaks perfect English. There goes that joke. And then he's just happy. And then Corey other. Feldman, he's a joke. I mean, so <laughs> we. I bet keep going. This is, this is really good. So hey, like, Martha Plimpton will be in it. I love Martha. Martha Plimpton. Yeah, it's funny because she was even ugly as a kid. <laughs> she oh, was. Man. She looks much better now, though. I mean, for her. Well, I think she kind of grew into her looks. All yeah. jokes aside, I think she kind of grew into her yeah. looks. Some, some people have like these very older, mature looks. Yeah. Like like babies with scowls and shit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with that baby? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, oh, okay, I see now. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we're talking with, uh, about if Mike has a kid and names him Victor Von Doom. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, right. So, so is that all your quickness? That is all of my quickness. I'm going to throw in some a piece of quickness that I heard. You just can't let it go. Can I can't. Absolutely not. I mean, we've been away for two weeks. I've been itching to open my mouth about something. And here's what it you is. You should get a cream for that. Shit it. <laughs> um, did you hear that um, 
the Batman Anne series, they're looking to make it return to be Robin. Yes. And well, I, how many times have I told everybody that Robin is a clone? Mm-hmm. And that at the, even at the end of the series, they showed you there is a whole room of clones. But Robin. speaking about but, Damian Wayne, but I'm, but I'm hearing I'm, I'm hearing that they're trying to resurrect the original. Damian well, that's Wayne. what um, Rachel Gould is trying to do. So was, that's what his idea of getting it done would be. I know? was like, are you? Yeah, and, oh. and of course DC is doing the same thing that all the companies always do. Well, we have such a fan outcry for Damian. I'm like, really? I don't know one. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, granted, I mean, and of course, there's nothing worse than someone trying to sit there and give the opinion of a country by going to their own friends as a source of, you know, of of uh, population count. But still, I really don't know anybody that's crying. Gee, I really, really miss Damian Wayne. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> I know I'm not. No. You know, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you probably you say this, Mike, but at night you probably are dreaming and you're like, "Oh, Damien, come back, come back." Damien. I doubt I that. I miss you, Damien. You I, I miss you terrorizing my 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 my, my reading. Yeah, you I'm wake just... up and you see that you've drawn pictures of him while you were sleeping. Well, you know what it is that they just it's it's really stupid. And it was I was reading um, a bunch of different opinions on it, but there is this uh, one article that actually made up a lot of really good points about. Well, they were trying to give you points for why it would be a good reason to bring him back, and then they brought up the points of the, the, the bad side. And, you know, some of the good points that they were making, or I should say one of the points that would be more in DC's favor, were just like, well, DC's spending a lot of time and money investing in Damian Wayne, which is like the son of the Batman, you know. They've had uh, comic books that even though they came out after he died, it's projected him into the future where he was taking over for Batman right. at some point, or whatever, da-da-da-da-da. But, of course, that was all planned pre-New 52, right? you know. Now, the cons, which to me far outweigh the pros, are that you went out of your way to make all of your superheroes young when you rebooted the New 52. All of them. The fact that they can't, and you know, I, I think I've gone over it. I know I've gone over it uh, individually with us, but I don't know if I've ever gone over it in the podcast. But they have screwed up the timeline in one year. I mean, this is now going into the third year, but in one, the first year, they screwed up the timeline for Batman's entire career when they were supposed to be fixing it. And Damian Wayne makes no sense because he's 10 and a half years old and Batman had only been Batman for five years. Um, you know, so all of this was already not making any sense. But the problem is once you have a kid, you start giving age again. Right. So that it doesn't matter what age you want to say Bruce is. And I think he's only supposed to be in his mid twenties, which also, when you really think about that, if he's in his, let's say if he's 20, let's just say for the sake of 28. Well, at 18, he wasn't anybody. So that would mean also that again, that, um, that Talia cloned Bruce Wayne for no reason because he was nobody when right. he was 18. And he's not 28. I think he's like 26. Right. So then that now takes him back to being 15 and a half to have a 10 and a half year old son. Hey, pedophiles get started early. You know, I mean, it's, it, it just makes it this nasty story. Well, yeah, well you know? also, be, let's also remember that they haven't fully explained the, they, or from what I understand, they haven't fully explained the new 52 version yes. of Damien. Yeah. Which that, that was in Batman and Robin Zero. <laughs> Oh, the thing I didn't yeah, buy. They came in, yeah, they came, oh, that's where that's where they because they, they explain he he was not cloned and for instance and then like a you know a fast aged or anything like that. Nope, he aged like a normal baby. You know, she didn't give birth. I think she um, he was birthed in a test tube, but she didn't give um, physical birth to him. But he was grown into he was born in a baby as a baby, and they had every year of his life up until he left home. You know when you bring up something. And after you say it and you start talking about it, like, fuck, why did I bring that up? Now I'm just angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so, but, but beyond that, so I mean, but um, one of the other things is so that once you have Damian Wayne, like, so he's 10 and a half. So eventually he'll be 14 and a half. 
then you have to have him dating. So they'll probably make him 16 and he'll be 18 to start having more of a serious relationship. Well, you've just aged Batman six years, now eight years. Uh-huh. You know, so now suddenly your heroes who could basically stay aged less are now getting older. Right. You know, all for you to have this annoying kid that nobody wants back right. in the picture. You know, I just think they should just <laughs> yeah. cut their losses while they can. I, I just felt like I had to add that quick news only because um, we keep talking about how long is Damien going to be gone. It seems like not for long. Nah, probably not. And, you know, even uh, and as much as I'm angry at, uh, at uh, Grant Morrison for creating the character, uh, you know, he's on the side of like, you know, no, keep him away for a while. He goes, because, of course, you're. You're um, just cheapening his death by bringing him back so rapidly. Da, da, right. da, da. And I'm like, well, it's nice that you're concerned about your creation <laughs> that you subjected me to for years. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll be a horrible, horrible comeback. Shit. Well, can't wait for the quick news to be. And the Damien, the, the Damien Wayne project is dead. Oh, and here's another here's another con for bringing back uh, the Damien Wayne, which is a. Uh, Okay, so think about this. You've gone through the grief of having lost your quote-unquote son, even though it's not really a son. Right. You've lost your son. So let's just say they do the Lazarus Pit. So it's really him and he's back. What's the first thing you're going to do for that child that you've mourned that died so horribly? You put him back into a Robin suit and have him fight crime again? <laughs> wow, that would really make you the absolute worst parent that's <laughs> ever been in all of life. <laughs> you know? And that's the other point. It's like, well, you're going to mourn his loss because he died as Robin. And you're just going to let him be Robin again. Right. What would be the purpose of that? The kid wants to do what the kid wants to do. You got to let him. (laughs) And and, and all of your kids have turned out fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I got one kid won a Nobel Peace Prize the other day. I got another one that's on the way to discover the cure to cancer. You said this kid got a Noble Pizza? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. Ralph Ralph ain't got kids. You know how you know? Ralph's got a computer and and an iPad. When you have kids, you don't have money to afford any of that shit. (laughs) And a motorcycle. Don't forget. Oh, and a motorcycle. (laughs) Well, I got a piece of quick news for you. Go ahead. What's that? The... New trailer for the TMNT <laughs> movie was recently released. Ah, yeah, and it looks pretty interesting. I want to reserve judgment on like my two co-hosts here. <laughs> hey, I like, but I love how he goes. It looks pretty interesting. Well, that's not a description. He's six clawing <laughs> it before it can even come out. He's preemptively six clawing <laughs> it. That creepy potato head looking uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle. I've never seen a thing so round but so flat. I think somebody's ass, maybe, but you know, like the the face looks kind of weird. Hey, yeah, it's a weird looking. It's a weird looking turtle. I reserve judgment. Until it comes out. Shit. Man, well, we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, well, it's Michael Bay, so you already know it's going to be like, you know. Realistically, not. Yeah, right. An explosion here, explosion there, a slow motion boobs, and then something else. It's, it's, you it's, got me at boobs. All right. Of course you. I did. Yeah. <laughs> we always get you at boobs. All right, let's move to the first part of the show before Ralph goes. Yeah. All right, there we go. Our first rim shot. It took long enough. <laughs> oh, and two, two in a row. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Um, so let's go to the first part of the show, and we're going to just talk about the finale that was The Walking Dead. Dun, dun, dun. Ralph. <laughs> and of course, Ralph couldn't be bothered to watch one of the greatest things on TV. Right. Again. What? We were watching uh, Once Upon a Time? Show that would oh, be great. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You, you count me on on that podcast for that one. Hey, well, that season finale will be coming pretty soon, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, we're not talking about fairies and fucking witches. We're talking about The Walking Dead. Hey, we will be soon. <laughs> Make sure you do it when I'm, in, when I'm in Mexico, please. No way, man. That'll be your going away gift. <laughs> Obviously, a going away gift if you don't want me to come back. All right, so Walking Dead finale. All right. So basically, um, Mike. 
see, I don't even know where to begin because so much Easy. things happened. You should Rick try at the beginning. Is, Rick is back. My boy Rick is back, and he Rick's is never kicking gone ass. Sorry. The Rick that we all know and love, he yeah, went yeah. away for a little while. Nothing bad. He was still my man. No, he was still the man taking care of business, taking care of himself a little bit. Taking care, care of, of the plants. Take, hey, taking care of the plants. Plants fed the people. That's taking care of the people. So he was masturbating and gardening? Um, I don't know if he was masturbating, though. Well, so like, you said he was taking care of himself. So That's true, too. But he was also <laughs> taking care of his son, so I don't know what that would mean. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Perv <laughs> bell. Perv bell. <laughs> but uh, but Rick is back, man. That man... Neck biting, multiple stabbing. I mean, he just Rick is back. That's my boy. I mean, it, it's funny because they open they open the finale with Rick drenched in blood in his beard and his hands, and he's kind of just stand, you know sitting he's, against he's the crouched car. by the car. Just, yeah, and he just kind of like just kind of had this look on his face, like he's just kind of taking something all in. And you don't realize what it is. Then you watch the episode, and he gets into this fight, and it's just like one of those fight for your life kind of moments, and it's like. Yeah, I see why he has that face now. Yeah, it was just it was just such a great scene. I mean, just you know, talking about protecting protecting his people, protecting his son. Well, I mean, oh. I'll tell you one thing: the directors really found a way to make it really, really tense to feel to make you feel like Rick, you know, about that moment. Like, okay, they have a gun to Michonne's head. All right, um, they, they they're beating the shit out of Daryl, right. but when they have um, Carl. Carl pinned down, face for, face to the ground, ass in the air, and about to get a little loving. And, yeah, that was. Oh, <laughs> that really, was. there was a, almost a rape scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, dude, yeah. it was it was creepy as fuck. Basically, yeah. lo- to make a long story short, too Rick, late. <laughs> Rick Michonne and Carl are basically you know trying to find their way back to um, the other group members. Yeah, they're trying to find Terminus, which and, is and on their way and on their way to to this place. Rick had to fight his way out of a house where these robbers came in and were like looting the house. But Rick had bumped into somebody and had to kill him. These guys didn't take too kindly to them being, you know, one of their, finding one of their guys dead. So these guys tracked them all the way over to find out what's going on. So Rick, Michonne, and Carl are kind of, you know, they, they, they're pitching out camp all of a sudden. These guys caught up on them and they're like, yeah, you know, you killed our boy. Now it's time to kill you. And they, be, I mean, like all of them, like I said, each one of them were like cornered, you know, had a gun to their head. And the son, who's like, how old is Carl? Like 13? 14 to 15 max. Yeah. Is being pinned down by this nasty, pervy fucking redneck. Yeah. They all kind of looked a little bit like Duck Dynasty for the most part. Not quite that bearded, but that's the idea. They, they were that kind of redneck biker look. Yeah. And he, and, and he pulls his son out, you know, out of the truck and he's like, pins him down to the ground. And his son's trying to fight. And, well, the, well, even the leader had said, he goes, we're going to deal with your woman first. Then your son, then oh no, do I? I think he said we're gonna deal with Daryl first, then your woman, then your son, and then you. Right. You know, because he's like, he's like, you're gonna watch it all before we kill you. And you just felt the tension because it's just the way they allude to it—the fact that he turns, he turns um, Carl over to his stomach. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. And then you see the guy. You can hear it, but you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, you can hear you his see belt. Him, I'm unbuckling his pants. I'm like, oh no, are you fucking? Yeah. Because at first I thought he was just going to hold him down, like you know, because you knew that they were twisted guys, down. but you know, you didn't realize, like you know, because you're, you're thinking like, oh, they're just going to be straightforward, just bad guys, was, you know. Was there a banjo in the distance going? That's just oh my god! But when when Rick saw his son getting like that close to danger, yeah, yeah, Rick just he hulked out. He hulked out. He he 
oh my god wait I'm trying to think what did he do initially didn't well he's talking to the the lead guy um who's that guy that always reminds me of a tough looking stephen perry right <laughs> I, uh, or stephen <laughs> perry or stephen tyler from aerosmith Steven tyler. tyler Steven tyler um but uh he's talking to him and uh you know you just kind of wondering where is this going to go and rick just i think they start a few oh, punches I, oh i know wait. but then like but rick just reaches out and he just bites basically the carotid artery right out of the guy you know yeah pulls it right out with his teeth everybody's yeah. all like what and just spits it back out you know and that just starts the whole shit going down michonne's right on that you know yeah you know she immediately like turns to the guy that had the gun against her head and she you know does a move to try and get the gun away and that starts that but it's the best, just great the best part is when they when 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 um rick's team is actually you know you know has the upper hand and they have the bald redneck guy who was about to rape the kid and he's like you know first he's like oh i'll kill him and realizes he's surrounded so he kind of like drops his weapon. He's like, no, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Rick jacks the shit well, out of but, but what I love, though, is that uh, because Daryl starts to kind of move a little bit towards the guy now that, you know, the guy's kind of disarmed himself. But then Rick just kind of gives um, Daryl the whole, like, you know, puts his hand to him. He goes, I'll deal with him. <laughs> you know, and he just grabs this knife and he just, he, he just, it was like a Cuisinart scene. It was just, he, he guts him from the sternum, and then you see him pulling up towards his throat, and then in and, and just, out, yeah. in and out. It's just, yeah. He basically just fucks him with that knife right then and there. Oh, in my the gut. God. Yeah. He, it was just, and you know, just, yeah. <laughs> so he did, though. It, it really was. It was it was actually something, like, sickly sexual to it, because it wasn't just a quick stab. Like he said, it was like it was a, a in deep, a gut, and then just a... Yeah, man. It was... It was tough to watch. It yeah. was tough. It was tough to watch. Not for me, man. That was my boy Rick. Rick is back. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, um, before we go to the rest of the episode, even the episode before was pretty fucking gruesome. The episode before was was with the girls, with the two crazy girls, right? Uh was that right before, or was it, or was that a little further back? I'm so just traumatized by these two little girls. Oh, yeah, but, it was the, the crazy girls. Well, actually, one only one crazy girl. Uh, good old uh, Lizzie and Micah. Oh God, Lizzie, yeah. Lizzie, good old crazy Lizzie. Lizzie Borden? She may as well have been. Yeah, <laughs> I would have trusted Lizzie Borden a little bit more, but that was a sad. Uh, Just don't give her an axe. They shouldn't have given her a knife. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, throughout throughout the whole series, they're hinting that she's crazy. She almost suffocates the baby. She, you know, she starts like coming up with different ideas. She's, you know, she's um, talking about the zombies that they're like alive and like you know they should be spared and not be killed. So throughout the whole series, you're like, this girl's not well. You're just like, this girl, and she's like maybe 11, 12. So, you know, and she's kind of like in that rebellious state. Like, no, no, you, you don't understand. They're alive. The, the, the best part was when, when they showed in the beginning of the episode where she's running around in the backyard and yeah. the zombie's chasing her. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm she's like, basically playing keep away with the zombie. But literally playing keep away with the zombie. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Yeah, that, that girl's a little bit twisted. But uh, we found out how twisted she really was as she eventually she uh, killed her sister so that she'll come back again. And as a zombie. Yeah. So they should come back as but she doesn't think of them as zombies. She, they just come back understanding everything better. Yeah. I, in her own idea of what that means. But the greatest part where they cause they um Carol and Tyrese, the people that she was with, you know, they came back and to find uh, her sister dead on the ground, you know, that uh, Lizzie has has killed Micah and she was just like, "Oh, you know, you're back just in time. I was just about to have Judith, which is the baby, join us too." <laughs> so they had gotten there just in time. 
It, it was just such a creepy scene because yeah. because the shot, the, the cinematography, all you see the, the the bloody hands with the knife, and you don't even really see the girl dead in the background. You just kind of see her legs, like you know, from behind her and like laying down on the ground. I'm like, that's just fucked. Yeah. Uh, I do say this. It'd be interesting to see a zombie baby. Um, haven't we seen one? Um, or am I thinking of just many of the other zombie movies I've that, seen? That, that was, that, I remember the, the, there was the horror movie that that came out with the with the demon son, and the baby was popping out of the freaking um, right. the carriage. That's oh, the that's closest right, thing I right. know to a zombie baby. You know, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise I me. Mean, you figure there's got to be some roaming around somewhere, you know, yeah. just kind of crawling around looking for brains. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that. <laughs> You know, but between that and it was just it was a great example of uh, just the world that you're in by that point, because what do you do with somebody, especially that young, that's mentally unhinged? I mean, there's not there's no you take her out back and you put two in. And now, you know, exactly what they did to her, because and I was thinking they weren't going to do that. I'm like, oh, I was. I think I said that. You wanted you don't like kids. You don't like it. Didn't matter. I said that she was crazy, and I said, "What did I say?" Absolutely. I said flat out, Carol is going to put her down. (laughs) Mister Nightquill. I'm just saying. (laughs) But Nightquill puts babies to sleep, not to death. If you give them enough, it does. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't looking to do that. Oh God. But yeah, no, I had called that. I'm like, nope. Carol will have to put her down, and Carol put her down. Oh my God. And, and and there was a there was a point where where, where um, she's walking and she's talking to Carol and you think she's gonna apologize for murdering her sister and she goes oh my god I am so sorry I am so sorry that you're mad at me and, yeah and then what was she what was she thought she was mad at her for um for pointing the gun at her oh yeah because because the girl little girl eventually pointed the gun at the adults so she goes I'm sorry I know you're mad at me but you know I didn't mean to point the gun at you so I was like wow this bitch don't get it nope. she killed her sister she don't get it because she thinks well her sister technically would be back right. <laughs> you know just wouldn't be you know I'm back from out of space so between that that episode and then this season finale what a great way to, 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 to leave the series yeah. on a cliffhanger well the, the season finale what I liked about it um, it was different than most season finales you know usually you've built up to uh, something in such a dramatic way I'm not saying that this wasn't dramatic leading up to Terminus but it's just usually some season finale is that like you know life hangs in the balance due to us dealing with a group of people that you've been exposed to already whereas this we're actually finally this is the second but really first full time we see Terminus and what it's kind of about. Terminus, home of the moochers. I must. I. I believe personally that they are cannibals. Yeah. I. I really do think they're cannibals. I. I yeah. I, that's just my. When gut. you said that, I, I watched the episode again. I was like, okay, yeah, I can yeah, see did, that. Okay, so I hadn't watched it a second time. Now, did you see when they were running back and forth? I could have sworn that, well, that I there thought, were there like like I I skeletals saw yeah. with like skin still kind of on them in a cage yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I. I think they're cannibals. That'll be interesting because they have them in these big railroad cars. Um. Or like those store, you know, those big old storage uh, railroad uh, containers, and you you know that Rick's group is in one of them, and then there's other people in other cars. Yeah. You know, so I can't wait to see how this turns out. Yeah, human, the other white meat. Damn Shit. right, tastes oh like God. chicken. <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> well, what? I mean, when 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 they got the terminus, and it's funny because Gigi didn't pick up on it right away. When I saw the poncho, I mean, they showed yeah. the watch. When I saw the poncho, I was like. 
Wait a minute. Maggie's poncho. Right. <laughs> I was like, what? Who's got the... And then when they showed the watch, it's like, oh, these motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they were eating good tonight, huh? Well, they had a lot of meat on the grill, so I think that, uh, you know, you didn't notice a cow anywhere they it's were running around. They say that about the meat on the grill. I guess that's why they kept kind of showing that. Yeah. They're always grilling. That They're always grilling. Always be grilling. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Maybe you should... See, did you notice uh, a cookbook by Dr. Hannibal Lecter there anywhere? <laughs> Shit, I was I was just too busy wondering what was gonna happen next with with, with them running out of there because once once the gun popped off, I'm like, it, it just it just went from like zero to hundred. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they were running past cans of fava beans all over the place, so I think fava. they did have the the Lecter uh, cookbook over there. Oh my god. <laughs> well, someone brought a bottle of Chianti. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> hate that movie. I'm actually I love that movie, but you know, but um, where they left it, Mike? Where do you think they're gonna go with it next? Rick's gonna kick their freaking asses. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's be interesting. It's an interesting spot to come back to a story, and I think because you know, like I said, I mean, you get Rick making his statement. You know, they screwed with the wrong people, and they really have because it'd be, it would have been bad enough just having Rick, Michonne, and Carl still together. You know, I mean, right. you know, these are people that can plot together. But then for him to turn around and well, he saw who was he with? Uh, He's with Glenn, Maggie, Maggie um, the sister of the that got killed by uh, right. the governor and then the people they picked up with. So we haven't run into um, Carol and Tyrese yet. We don't know if they've made it there or not. Uh, we don't know where Beth is at all. Right. Um, oh, and Daryl. I'm sorry. We forgot Daryl was in the Daryl's there. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, what about Beth? Johnny? Hmm? What about Johnny? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just because it'll be interesting to see how this is going to open, you know, because it's going to be like, all right, well, are we going to open up right where we left off? Is it going to be days later? Um, you know, I mean, obviously they can't just go around killing people left and right. I mean, there's no storage, so obviously they have to be selective about I mean, keeping people alive enough, and then and fat enough, and yeah, alive, fat, and healthy enough to you know stay alive, and then killing them. So you know, it's got to be interesting, and you know, maybe we'll get to see a lot of how they choose, or how they make the people choose amongst themselves, right? You know, because again, if you have a bunch of people in a container, you don't want to just open the door and go, okay. One of you come out for death, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. It's like, uh, first one comes out, gets a free dinner. Ooh. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I think, I think, I don't think that they're even going to tell them that. I think they're going to try to say that, you know, we're going to let each one of you go. And that's how they, you know. Right. Maybe they, the they one. in order to fulfill every need, you know, they probably let them go run and hunt them down. So that way they get the thrill of the hunt also. Nah. Yo, why are your eyes so wide when you're saying that? Huh? <laughs> you're like, oh my God. Well, well, have I you know. ever been hunting? It's, it's exhilarating. Well, first of all, I don't know if they'd want them, you know, running around trying to get, you know, out of there. But also, you know, who wants their meat tightened up like that? You know? Yeah, you don't like tight meat. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that, you don't want that muscle you. hardening up on you there? You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? They always love it when the muscle's hardened. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe we'll open up to the next one. We'll see them all in individual little pens being fed milk. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm Walking Dead, the other view. <laughs> well, I'm just curious. Soylent Green is people. <laughs> I'm just curious to see how. when does Maggie finally die. Uh, you know Maggie's going to get it. I've been saying that. That's yeah. been, I've also been saying that since this year began. I'm like, I don't want her to go. I love Maggie, but. Well, Someone's got to go. Just the scenes they keep giving them. It's like, you know, what? what is the point of the scene? To show their love? No, to show that she's going to die. Yeah. Remind me that if you guys are ever, like, in charge of large groups of people, 
never to be within that large group of people that you're in charge of. Because then you'll be like, you know what? You you right there. You don't excite me. You will die. You yeah. You're you're too whiny. You're gonna die. Well, that goes without saying, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm surviving, you, and I, I don't want that whiny member there. I, I think that's pretty much good. You, I don't like your face. You're dead. And this is why we do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a- a- any final words before before we finish up on on talking about Walking Dead? Because it'll be a couple of months before we even mention it again. Okay, I Thank think you God. need to. I think you need to pull out your fingers and toes on that one. That's not a couple of months. It's October. That is six freaking months from now. I Half am year. angry. Okay. Yes, I am very angry about he that. He can't count that eye. He only has five fingers on Six scores. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, the so, so, the so, mature so, retort that we get here. That, that's right. That's right. When in but doubt, yeah. go with a baby voice. Yeah. So my only yell at the Walking Dead people is, stop taking six months to come back. I give you six days. You know? Shit, <laughs> or or at least make the second half of the mid season longer. That mid season fucking oh, break just flew by. I felt like it just started. Yeah, we, we just started episodes. Why are we finishing? Yeah, but you, you know what happens is uh, the reason they take so long is because I hit them with so many injunctions just to piss you two off. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, there's a flat tire on the trailer. Injunction. Injunction. Yeah, of course Shit. it's a flat tire. The trailer ain't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, there you have it, our our look at um, the Walking Dead finale. So we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after I get some water, because this phlegm is kicking my ass. All right, we're back. So now let's go to um, the next segment of the podcast, where we actually got together, me, MFG, and RT Square, and went to the movies. Again. Yay. <laughs> it's so embarrassing being seen in public with the, these two. What are you talking about? You have the most awesome person on the planet right next to you. You should be happy. I Yeah, I had a mirror with me, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, yesterday we went to go see the premiere of Captain America Winter Soldier. And do I say with a synopsis? <laughs> what the fuck? What? They were happy they went to see it. Oh, I assume they had oil and firing torches out there okay (laughs) do i say um with the synopsis is mfg mike the finance guy yes you can usually say it without question marks at the end oh no 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 no. this is one or twice you'd be like no it sucked (laughs) did the movie suck can we not at all Um, i have a synopsis all right so with the synopsis of the movie that mike actually likes and he won't be shooting down to death is mfg mike the finance guy all righty captain america the Winter Soldier. It sucked. No, I'm only kidding. It didn't. Uh, it was 136 minutes of mmm. Already taking place sometime after the events of the Avengers movie, Captain America is now a full-time member of Shield, the international peacekeeping organization, and working alongside Natasha Romanoff, aka the Black Widow, with both under the command of Shield director Nick Fury. Shield has a new initiative called Operation Insight that is designed to stop threats before they can happen. However, prior to launch. Cap, Widow, Fury, and S.H.I.E.L.D. itself are under attack from forces outside and within the organization, which threaten to commandeer the initiative and endanger millions of innocent lives. It is up to Captain America, Black Widow, and their newest teammate, Falcon, to stop the bad guys and save the day. But along the way, Cap must confront his past and a new villain that will call into question all that he holds dear. All right. Dum, dum, dum. Bum, bum, bum. All right, gentlemen. That that was the movie we went to go see. Oh, go ahead. Press the button. Warning, this segment may contain spoilers. 
So leave Ralph alone. I wonder how far we're gonna go in before Ralph actually spoils it. Fuck you. Or I'm sorry. <laughs> let me let me be like Ralph. So, yeah, Ralph, how did you enjoy the movie? Well, the end. <laughs> <laughs> the ending was epic. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm already pulling out my timer to see how long it takes for Ralph. And boys, these are spoilers to a point, but let's not ruin the movie here. <laughs> you guys. mean let's not talk about the end end? I okay. Mean, we can talk about it. So, the scene with the, the tank where Captain America jumps onto oh, and okay. grabs a, a grenade and throws it inside, and then he just runs away and then looks back and says, yep, I did that. Mm-hmm. Was, he, was it during the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> oh, God. You in tanks and ruining shit. Yeah, that's all you're good for. All right, so guys, how do we feel about the movie? I mean, obviously from the beginning of, or at least the intro that I gave before the, um, the synopsis, it, it sounds like we all kind of liked it. I enjoyed the movie thoroughly, 100%, beginning to end, with very little hiccups. Wow, okay. Well, I was blown away by this movie. It was really good. I was surprised. And not that it wouldn't be a good movie, but the type of movie that they, that they went with. And I know that um, Mike has talked about, you know, Brubaker, Ed Brubaker's work on the, on the comic book Captain America. Excellent work. And he always talks about that it's a total different feel for a comic book, but it works for Captain America. Yeah. And for those who are not familiar with his work, Ed Brubaker writes a very um, political, um, what would you call it? A political thriller, I guess you would say? Yeah, he's all espionage. He's all, you know, spies and espionage and the politics of whatnot that's going on behind the scenes and, you know, bringing down big societies like America and other countries. Stuff. Right. Yeah. That's, but it's, it worked. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, I don't even, well, he's not even the one that wrote the script. It'd be, he's the one that reassigned Captain America into this, um, that kind of a work. Espionage role. Yeah, when he brought him back in 2005. But uh, you really definitely should read the comic. Yeah. Well, I mean, if this movie is anything like the Brubaker run, I mean, I can get into it. But one of the things about this kind of movie, it takes a, it takes a little while to build. Right. You know, you have, you know, I mean, it moves well because it's an action film because, so, you know, the well, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like it felt I don't know. I, there was a part of me that it wasn't like the Avengers. No. In a certain way. You know, it, it had its own different feel about how they approached the action, how they approached their the enemy. Um, just, just as a whole, how they approached everything. I just well, felt. it is. I mean, it's definitely not a copy it's, of a movie or yeah, anything like that. It's more serious than the, the yeah. Avengers. Well, movie. And, well thought... the Avengers is more comic book villainy. Yeah. Um, you know, which is not detracting from the movie by any means. I love the Avengers movie, but this one is espionage. I mean, it's spies. I mean, obviously, it's still um, unreal spy organizations and whatnot. But the feel of it has realism to it. So you know, and yeah. I, but I didn't find it. I didn't feel that it even moved slowly. I I felt like it moved along like a good spy movie, yeah. basically. It moved at a very good pace. Yeah, I, I didn't find anything boring. And it left you like wondering, like we all expected, you know, what would happen with Nick Fury, you know, and like, um, but we just didn't see how, like, well, I personally didn't see how it would connect, like how it would get to that point. Right. You know, and it was like, when it gets to it, it's like, oh my God, really? That's how they do it? P.S. Can somebody tell Nick Fury if you're going to have more than two minutes of screen time, shave that fucking beard or do something? Because you <laughs> hey, look crazy. Hey, you think for a director don't that mess he'd be with a lot the man cleaner. In his beard. Hey, you think for a director he'd be a little bit cleaner? For, considering anything, because look at, look at the rest of all of his staff. It is pure, clean military operation. Yeah. Listen, Except for him. <laughs> I, have a, I have a policy. If someone's in charge and they don't have a beard, I don't trust them. 
well, you could have a beard, just like shape it up. He just look all scraggly. It's like, and here's our homeless guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you tell the, the director the of the highest, uh, uh, was it agency in, in intelligence that his beard is messed up? See what's gonna happen. I'd have no problem with it because the moment he started to get all tough, I'd go, "You're a peacekeeping initiative, <laughs> so go fuck yourself." <laughs> and then he'd be like, "All right." Say hello to my peacekeeper. <laughs> Boom. Well, and, and then I take out and beat him with my piece. All right. Like that, bitches. All, all right, all right. Mike's, <laughs> Mike's as black as you as can get for today. Let's calm that down a little bit. Um, but but uh, in contrast, I, I really like what they've done with um, Black Widow. Like they kind of given her more things to say, more things to do. Because yeah. in Iron Man, they, they show her she, ass more. Oh, yeah. You freaking gassed. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is an ass even Mike can appreciate. <laughs> I don't remember her ass being on the screen of First any thing, length. There was, was a point where, 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 they, where they were doing an upward shot, and she was, I don't know if she was looking into the, into the computer lab or something like that, um, but you, you saw her no, rear. It's, it's in the beginning when she lands on the ship. Oh. That's what it was. doesn't ring a bell. She takes, uh, or she's on the catwalk. Okay. She, she just finished taking down a guy, and they just have the scene right on her ass, and it's like, you know, with me, I don't know, it's like everything, time just slowed down, and it was like. <laughs> Ralph would be leaning over to me and goes, are you watching? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Do you see that? It's on the screen. What an ass. Oh my God. Did not notice. Uh, it was nice. For, for all three seconds it was. It was nice though. That's but, really but I mean, I just feel like, you know, in Iron Man, they gave her, you know, obviously they were introducing the character, but mm-hmm. you know, they just made her kick ass and didn't really talk much. Right. In the Avengers, she talked a little bit more, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy her. Um, the, the only thing I kept thinking the entire time when I'm watching her is, I know I don't want a bad accent, but she's a Russian spy. I mean, it's a, it's a known thing. And I don't want her to be like, deep as cold, you know, but it was just the fact that she sounded such like, you know, some Jersey girl almost that I'm like, you know, she is supposed to be Russian. Yeah, no, but she's Russian, but she's a Russian spy who switched over. And because of the fact that she switched over, she doesn't want to. Like her past coming back, so that's why she probably doesn't have yeah. It. But I, mean, I, I just, just I think it would be kind of, just I, not the character. I mean, yeah, she's I agree, always Russian. Because I agree know. with Ralph, especially with the whole Russian spy thing, especially the stuff in real news. You know, these, these people, they, everybody thought they were like homely Americans, and nobody had a clue that they were Russian. But I think that you know, to Mike's point, that maybe you need to show you know maybe once or, or twice where she speaks in Russian, and you're like, okay, that's well, that's. It's also, name. I mean, it's you know, we're. This is not 1950. I mean, if somebody has an accent, you know, that's the whole point of it being a world, an international peacekeeping mission. You know, like she has an accent. We're not supposed to go. She's a bad guy. You know, that would be that would be horribly <laughs> racist and, you know, and whatnot on everybody's fault. You know, so that that is her one big thing is that she is this ex-Russian spy. So for her to have a Russian accent, it just makes sense. You know, she's she's from that time period. So I do agree with you. If she does have if she had an accent, it would make her sexier. Yes. Well, I mean, well, there is, but there's something to that. It only suppose. agrees with you if it makes it sexier. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, but there is something to that, you know. But I mean, it's, that's again, it doesn't detract from me. It's just, but having her talk more made me realize that I'm like you paid attention to it more. Well, because now you're noticing it. It's just right. like okay, because if, in small amounts, you just think, well, she's dealing with Americans. They don't know she's a spy, so she's going to talk with an American accent, you know. Yeah. But you would think that amongst her own. That's when her normal voice would come out, you know, right. or something and, like that. And it also seems more like it, it wasn't just a Captain America movie because you really feel like you get more an insight into the widow, you know? Yeah. She seems more human now because there are scenes where 
she is sort of helpless and she doesn't require the help of Captain America or Falcon. Right. You know? So it, it seems it's, it gives her more of like the humanist feel where before it seemed like she was in, like invulnerable, like you know, right. nothing could hurt her. And, and also just to anyone out there though, they didn't, it's not too much along with what, what you were saying though, meaning that she's not suddenly the damsel in distress. I mean, they all eventually need help from each other. Yeah. You know, which was very good. I thought it was a very equal movie that way. Um, right. You know, I mean, obviously it is Cap's movie, but you know, it wasn't just like you know, you know, uh, the spies are here. Get Captain America. The peanut butter jar is good. Get Captain America. You know, <laughs> I can't figure out how to polish this floor. Captain America knows how to do that. You know, I mean, it wasn't all about him. It was just you know, he was focal when he needed to be the focal point, but then everyone else had their fair play, and I thought they had a. A very reasonable amount of time yeah, right. being themselves and showing, like, you know, I do know what to do because there's just nothing worse than when you. There's some. What show is it that, uh, that I was actually just talking about that? I think it's a TV show. Oh, it's the TV show Blacklist. And I was just talking oh, about yeah. that where the guy, anyone that watches Blacklist, it is a good show, but it just, it's just so annoying that, uh, that. There's this this agency that's like supposedly like you know they out FBI the FBI I mean they're supposedly the top of the the the, the crews and whatnot and they'll just be like well we're after so and so but the suspect got away we don't know what to do so they turn to this bad guy that's working with them and he goes well if you don't have any information on him now you should look at the victims and they go that makes sense <laughs> and I'm just thinking so when do you do your own work I mean, you know so but in this you didn't get that you didn't get like we don't know what to do unless Captain America tells us you know right. I like that everybody was active and, and able to be what they should be they were spies they were well trained you and Cap looked like a leader Cap looked like a leader oh I love the fact that between Chris Evans himself and the directors and the writers that they don't do what they're not giving us Green Lantern. They're not giving us some jokey like I'm always going to win. So therefore, you know, everything's light and funny because right. I'm always going to win. It's like, no, you're Captain America. You're wartime. You're like you said, you're a leader. You're responsible and you take your job seriously and you are a noble man. And, you and, know, there's no corruption in you. And we see that. Yeah, right, and and they show that he's not he's like every other man who he's still. Um, plagued by his own troubles in his right. past, and right, but not too troubled. Though. Yeah, but that's what I like too. That he, they didn't make him a though. troubled. Right, yeah. they didn't make him a troubled hero. He's just like like anybody. Like you said, he has issues. We all have mm-hmm. issues. But it's like okay, I can comp- I compartmentalize my issues. They're not that dramatic. You know, that's another thing too. I love that they're not over the top. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. If only Captain will remember from his past this one thing that'll be the key to you know freeing all of America. You know, it's <laughs> it's like no, no. He just needs to get through the day. I, w- I was digging the, the 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 beginning, or at least from the beginning when they started with the theme of trust no one, right? And then when when, when Fury kind of tells Cap that same message about trusting no one, and I just felt like it was like wow, that, it, 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 the, the whole tone of the movie was like you know who do you trust? Who's going to do this? Who's going right. to? And even though you knew Falcon wasn't going to be a bad guy or whatever, you still you know it's still they didn't really play that up though well, too much. I mean, you like I said, you you did have the idea of not to trust anybody, but they never gave us. Reason one to suspect yeah. uh, Sam Wilson. No, 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 no. I'm, no what I'm saying is right. that they, they didn't give you that, right. but even because you knew outright he wasn't going to be anybody integral, you know, like he was going to turn on on you. But even th- though you knew that, you still enjoyed the movie and still felt, yeah. you know, had that feeling of, oh, well, who's doing this? Or who, you know, who, right. who can you trust? Because sometimes when you know certain characters are eliminated from the equation, you're like, mm-hmm. well, this is boring. I can fucking see right through it. Yep. It trusts nobody except your hot neighbor <laughs> who just happens to be a spy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do this for a spoiler. 
Um, what do you think about the the buddy cop feel between Black Widow and Captain America? I thought that their um, their writing together was really good. The only time I, I again I I don't know why they felt the level of cuteness that they tried to do a couple of times. It just it wasn't so much that it was out of place. It was just I didn't find it very interesting. You know they get you know she kept trying to set him up on a date. Yeah, that was, uh, with somebody. And I mean, that was, was a whole just, running joke. Yeah, but I, but I didn't find it a humorous, like a very funny running joke. So that the fact that it kept running, well, I was just kind of like, you well, know, the, it wasn't that funny the first time. Well, the fact that it makes it funny is the situations in which they bring it up. The first right, time but, is when they're invading the ship. Yeah. And well, first they're on the plane talking about it. And then he jumps out and then they they just take out a guy and they continue talking like it's right. nothing. And then when they're on the roof and they throw the guy off. Well, like I said, I mean, it's not. That I'm not saying I didn't enjoy a little levity or light humor to their mission at times because normally it gets too much. Like I said, it wasn't that. I just didn't find their levity funny. Like it's just that I it it was one of those running conversations where it was just like, well, I would have enjoyed another running conversation right. than that one. But I mean, did I have a problem with it? No. I mean, I I, I really like the fact that they did not give us the, you know, she really wants Cap and he really wants her, but he's from another time. It's like, no, they're did professionals. You, did you, know? you feel like there was sexual tension between no, them? No, not at all. No, no, no. And not, not, not even, not even an iota. It, it, that, that's where maybe they would have failed in this movie. And, and that's what I would, I, I kept fearing that they were going to try and give yeah. us a hint of it. That was just a fear in my background, not because of anything the movie did. I was just afraid that if they follow normal movie, try, well, she's the hot woman, he's the handsome guy. Of course, there has to be sexual interest. And it's like, no, there doesn't have to be. They're both professionals. I mean, you know, right. they, they've got a job to do. And of course, Sharon Carter's there too. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise known as Emily Van Camp from Revenge. Oh, goodness. <laughs> or the nurse next door. That's right. The nurse next door. Yeah. yeah the, she's the nurse next door. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think it's talking about a show. I'm like the nurse next door. I never heard of that show before. <laughs> You're already trying to DVR it. <laughs> Sounds like a point. The nurse next door. It's an erotic thriller. <laughs> yeah, right. I need Starring to take your temperature. <laughs> no, no, no! Don't open your mouth. Wow. <laughs> wow. Where's a bell? Any bell, please? Thank you. All right. God. Mike throws one out there. We're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but okay. At least we got two of them. But uh. Like I said, I mean, I, I thought that their relationship was really good. I thought it was really well written. I thought it was it was fun when it needed to be. And I thought they worked together really well. And, you know. You know what I feel is forced? What's that? Bucky. What, the relationship? Yeah. Well, um, the, okay. from, from the first movie and then how they right. kind of talk about it in this one. Do you remember my conversation about the very first movie? Because, I mean, again, I, as much as I liked Captain America, I had a lot more problems with Captain America. Whereas this one, I have almost no problems with the Captain America but I had said then that they had to tell us that Cap and Bucky were really good friends. I mean, yes, yes they did establish it by telling us, but because Bucky was barely in the movie, right? that when he dies, or we think he dies in the movie, you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I've seen other people with larger screen time than him, yeah, and do. that was my problem with they that. They reinforced, they actually said it. They were childhood friends. Right. And they, you know, they had to keep telling us that. So I've always found that to be a little bit weak um, with, think, the, with the yeah. movies. I feel like that's what made it a little bit weak. Like I didn't feel any emotional connection to, oh my god, it's because me as a as a comic book writer, I know who but that who Bucky is. I know who he is in this story <laughs> of the movie. But if to when I watched the other moviegoers do it and, and they gasped when it was him, I'm like, really, you're fucking gasping? You didn't see this shit a mile away? <laughs> they, they, I mean, but and there's a part of me that's like either a. I can't believe you didn't see it a mile away. Or B, I'm surprised you recognized Bucky from the first film because he got no screen time anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I would no, never have recognized him at all. They showed it. I mean, they freaking showed it when in the Smithsonian scene. But I still wouldn't have recognized. I mean, well, what I'm saying, if you had to remember from, just, from Captain America one yeah. 
to two? Do you remember Bucky? I don't remember who the fuck that guy I was. I remember Bucky. I, oh. I remember Bucky, but not what he looked like. Right. You, you could have shown me like anyone from like Jet. Like did the reveal. From, right. You could have shown me anyone from Jet Li to, you know, <laughs> Marvin Wayne. To Idris Adri- <laughs> <to Adri's laughs> Alba. Yeah. I would have been like, I, wasn't that Barbara Streisand? I don't so, know who Bucky was. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, and how do you Barbara guys, Streisand. How do you guys feel about. Um, no. <laughs> how do you guys feel about the, train. the portrayal of the, of the Winter Soldier? Um, at first, and just like in the commercials at first, I was kind of like, eh, it's over the top a little bit. But um, I, but I did warm up to it. I just didn't like the fact that, you know, they kept you know showing us that he has this bionic arm. And I'm fine with that because he has the bionic arm in the comic book. But his strength level overall was like, how much more bionics does this man have? I mean, <laughs> well, he's, it, he's doing stuff that Captain America has trouble doing, and he's a super soldier. Right. Well, well, you see, like most of the strength stuff that he did was only with his bionic arm. No, he was kicking people across the streets yeah. and, in, and, and denting them into cars. You know, like not just kicking them. It's like you're kicking somebody 30 feet and still crushing a car with them with your legs. It gave you a bionic <laughs> legs, too. You know, I, I mean, mean they enhanced them. I mean, to survive the at, at no point did they tell us this. You can only in a movie. You can only well, go with what you're given. Remember, remember uh, the scene. Mem- where, remember what? <laughs> remember you remember. I remember. <laughs> remember when uh, he says uh, uh, Captain America says it was Bucky, and then he's like, "Well, there was a time when he was captured. Whatever they did to him then must have been <laughs> why he survived the fall. So I guess they did some other stuff to him afterwards too." Yeah, but that's, they, yeah, but that's the, him the only theorizing they, first of all, but, and, and the only thing they gave a hint of is the arm because they show him being dragged away and his his nub being right. there, which was, I was like, wow, good job, Marvel, yeah. showing the nub. Yeah, and like I said, it's not a huge thing. It was just one of those things that they they needed to tell us either they've experimented with more formula or something because it was just like his strength level was insane with without the arm, and I'm like, what the hell did they do to this guy? You Steroids, know? bro. Steroids, eh, like, eh, like but, I said. But, 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 I guess, but again, that, that, on, it didn't but, bother me. Though. Unless you, but unless you say that you know he took the super soldier serum or a similar type also, because then it makes sense. Well, that's what I just said. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm yeah, not the only exactly. one that doesn't listen to you. Yeah, he never listens. To me. <laughs> I listen. Excuse me, I'm the one who calls you out when you don't listen. That explains his haircut. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, you know, like I said, I mean, it was more minor thing, but that was just one of those things that uh, you know, because I'm just like, wow, he is really strong. You know? Yeah. But but otherwise, did I enjoy him? Yes, I, I really enjoyed the, the the Winter Soldier. Even his goth his goth um, um, eyeliner. Did he sparkle when the sun hit him? Oh, yeah, thank God he did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I thought the getup looked cool. He looked. He reminded me of of what was the name of the video game guy Strider. Was a Capcom video game Strider? I don't know. Uh, if you look look it up one time when you get a chance, Strider and he had like his mouth covered and he same, similar you kind mean of look. Vega from Street Fighter. No, trust me. Well, when, when we go on break, look up Strider and and you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, I know my video games, but he felt like that looks so like wow, it's very '90s look a little yeah. bit. But I mean, I I like I definitely liked it. I just felt like the movie was focused on so many other things, and it's something that you said. The, this was not the Winter Soldier story. No, it wasn't. I mean, again, by the way, if um, as much as I say to read the the Captain America story from 2005, I mean, it's a fantastic story, but it will not be a replay of the movie, which is not a bad thing to read an original story. But I mean, it, it's literally nothing at all right. <laughs> to do with this movie. You know, it's a very different tale. The only thing that has in common is the character, the Winter, Sto- uh, Winter Soldier. You know. Yeah. Well, but uh, but I, like I said, I, I really I, I enjoyed that. The only problem I had, um, and I mentioned this when we had left the theater, there was just the 
not so much the idea of the Falcon as the character. It's just that they were just kind of like, here are these wings, and suddenly you're the Falcon. Like, it, it, you know, not so much, again, we understood that he had used them before <laughs> in his military service, but it's just, they're such a unique device. In other words, it's not like he went, here's a high-tech parachute. You know, or you've got a motorcycle that we've just souped up where we, you know, as people, we, we kind of know what those dynamics are. Or I know about what this must be or something like that. You, you're giving me collapsible wings that seem to fly supersonic speeds or maybe they don't. I don't know. But that you've given me no information about them. Like, it's not even like we see a schematic with like little words and you read like, oh, it says something about jet engine and microprocessor. You know, like he just suddenly has them on. And we don't know what they what do, they do because, yeah. because again, they're so different from cartoons and the comic that like, you know, I'm like, okay, are they going to shoot out shards? You know, are they made of hard light? Are they just mechanical? I mean, do they I don't make know. omelets? Well, no, the, the way <laughs> they compensated for the lack of the shards is he has guns <laughs> that like come out and he uses them to shoot. Yeah, but that still isn't explaining well, no, what well, the wings saying, are doing. What Mike is saying is that it didn't tell you what exactly could these wings do you knew they flew but how they flew what were their limitations right you know? exactly how fast is fast i mean it's just it's just one of those things that you you had time to kind of give me a little bit of an introduction into them because you just kind of threw them at me and well they didn't want to do the whole heist scene well no i mean again you didn't have to give me an origin story you just needed to kind of explain like you know because all he said was uh i've used these before well, you could have been like, well, they were part of a military test for such and such and so on. So we wanted pilots that could fly at such and such speeds or altitude or just, I mean, just again, a quick bum, 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 bum. They said know. about that because they, they said that he, in, during his missions, planes couldn't get too close because of all the anti-air rounds. Right. So they had to use something to get in. Right. And, and they made references to him being a paratrooper. Right. And he, but he just But said, that hasn't told me a thing about the wings. Like they, they, like even what you just said doesn't tell me, okay, what are the wings made out of? How light at, are they? How fast are they? Closely. <laughs> well, it, I Take was a just step wa- back. I was just watching the movie like everybody Join else. Join Ralph. <laughs> you know, so, that, again, that was my only problem with the Falcon part of the story though. Yeah. All right. So, um ratings. Let's let's see what you guys pick. Archie Square, what do you rate um Captain America Winter Soldier? I give it five caps jumping out of windows out of five. Wow. Five. Wow, he six caught it. Yeah. We actually might agree with him. Let's see what goes on. Holy man. Um, Mike. Um, I give it a, a solid nine. Batroc the Leaper is getting his ass kicked out of ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. And we still didn't talk a lot about the movie. I want to say that uh, um, Robert Redford did an excellent job, by the Robert way. Robert Redford movie. was the perfect person he to cast for that, for that excellent role. as Alexander Pierce. Just wanted to mention that. And we didn't even get to mention the end, 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 end. Oh, all the, the, the multi-ends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, well, all I'll say is that um, I was very surprised that Ralph didn't couldn't figure out who those two people were. Because, honestly, it just I wasn't in that sort of mind frame. I wasn't thinking X-Men, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're not X Men. They're Avengers. They were Avengers first before they were introduced into the X Men world, right? Um, no, no. They were part of Magneto's uh, Brotherhood of Mutants. Right. Ha! For once, you're right. Ha! What I'll say for my rating is I'm going to give it four and a half redesigned uniforms out of five. <laughs> four and a, four and a half. I mean, I, I just felt like it, 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 there was points where it got a little a little slow, got a little long. You know. 
It could have been maybe about 15 minutes shorter, but I mean, I, I and I felt like the end kind of came kind of quick. Yeah, the like, end, like, the end was too simple. Like, the, yeah, the end moved a little bit too fast, but again, nothing that was that bad. But it was definitely still fun to watch. See, you guys need to join the six claws. We have shish kebabs. <laughs> yeah, but I have like taste. <laughs> I, I also finished. I also finished being sick, and I don't want to talk about eating food off of somebody's hands. <laughs> and, but I did a couple of things I want to mention though. Um, Easter eggs. Easter eggs. All right. Anyone that is going to be catching this movie is going to be very surprised about Agent Jasper Sitwell. I won't even get into all the whys, but he makes a list of potential threats Yes. to, uh, to a certain organization. And one would be Tony Stark, as we know, Bruce Banner, as we know, and Stephen Strange, oh, otherwise yeah. known as oh, Doctor Strange, yeah. master of the mystic arts. Doctor Strange Offici- is my boy. Officially meaning that, yes, we know there's a movie. It's been officially announced anyway. Right. But this makes it even more official that he is part of that universe. I thought it was cool. That it is. Yeah. I mean, and I don't like Doctor Strange, but I thought it was cool. But the fact that he said, yeah, you know, one of the the, the more dangerous minds, uh, uh, you know, that we have to look after. And I'm like, Stephen Strange? Really? Dude, no. he's, he's the master of the mystic arts. I wouldn't fuck around with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we had Ed Brubaker. So we've brought him up so many times. Right. He's actually a scientist in the movie. He's one scientist of the scientists. number three. Uh, he's number one two. of the number two. Number two. Three, uh, two, three. He's actually one of the scientists that is uh, putting down the Winter Soldiers for a long winter's nap. Uh, so it's kind of funny to see him in there. If you see him, he's the big, bespectacled, bald guy in the movie. That's funny. Um, also, at one point, we see that Avengers Tower is still a burned out building. Right. You know, we, so we still see that, it, you know, it is related to the movie, of course, which we knew that, but that it isn't so many years or however much time later because they haven't fixed the damn thing yet. Right. Um, Brock Rumlow. Go ahead. Deal with that. How many of you guys watched the movie and knew that one? Brock Rumlow? Brock Rumlow. Who is Brock Rumlow? Brock Rumlow is called that badass guy that kept beating the shit out of everybody throughout the movie. He's that one guy that made it through the whole movie, well, right, right, beating right. the shit out of everybody. And, 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 he, and he fought, what's his name at the end? I mean, Falcon. Like Falcon at the end, yeah. Right. Brock Rumlow, because I recognize his name as Rumlow, is also known as... I don't know. Crossbones. Oh, okay. That's why they. That's why they kind of focused on him. Oh, exactly. Right. All right. Yeah. I didn't know. Okay. Crossbow. That explains why he wears the mask. Uh, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Very interesting. Wow. I I, I totally didn't see that coming. Oh yeah. And like you right. said, then of course there's the couple more uh, things at the end of the movie. Yeah. Stay all the way through to the very extreme end of the lights going up. Yes. Even there's the, two of them, not just one. Never. Never. Follow the lights going up. Once the lights go up, stay where you are. Do not get up. Yes. Oh, especially with a Marvel movie. All right. So there you have it. Our look at um, Captain America, Winter Soldier. And for once, Ralph, Mike, and I agree that it was fantastic. And Ralph had no spoilers. Hi, everyone. This is Mike, the finance guy. You spend time listening to me, Ralph, and the cap. Now we want to listen to you. Like us on Facebook at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later and send us your comments and enjoy our content. Also, join us on Twitter at Meanwhile 22 and catch our website at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com. But don't forget to download our podcast for free on iTunes and give us your review. Now, back to the show. Can only be answered a book at a time. The question that is on everyone's mind. What's on Mike's shop? Shop. 
All right. So nice, nice way to try to distract me. You can't distract me, though, Ralph. All right. So here we are in front of Mike's shelf. Mike's got a show full of books and nerd magazines and periodicals. I was looking for that word, periodicals. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have any periodicals. <laughs> and once in a while, we like taking a look and seeing what Mike has on the shelf. So, Ralph, if you could do us the honors and please use the clicker that... Um, it's a spinner. Oh, goodness. Spinner, clicker. Who fucking cares? You don't like it either way. So how about we go ahead and press the spinner, please? It would be my honor. What's what you're doing that freaking creepy-ass, like... Voice, what creepy voice? This the one, is how I talk. The one, the one you make it sound like how? I don't know what you're talking about, Captain. Shut up. One more. There you go. There. Ah, see, I told you. And the yeah. number is. Everybody looks 62. at me. Everybody Six. looks at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, yeah, you're all still waiting for that thing to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just ignored it. Sixty-two. All right, number sixty-two. All right, Mike. What what book on your shelf is number sixty-two? Number 62 is A Feast for the Eyes. It is mythology, which is basically the collected work or a large portion of collected work of Alex Ross. Thanksgiving? No, Alex Ross, the man. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it was was comprised by uh, Chip Kidd uh, put it all together. But uh, Alex Ross is the man. This artwork in this book shows that it's it's pretty much just every character he's ever done for DC. Um, That book came out in 2003, so you're talking in that time period, not current artwork that he may have right. done um it's just it's it's just beautiful like i said it's 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 alex ross's work and you know he's still great it has a lot not only do you see his finished work a lot of times you see the sketches that led up to it uh you see some of his uh drawings of him drawing like bruce tim for instance who did right. the uh animated series for batman uh, so it's got a lot of interesting things like that it has uh, small stories in it too some uh, small uh painted pieces that he's done as a total story in there but uh it's just a, it's really just a beautiful collection to flip through and for those who don't know alex ross alex ross was the artist for kingdom come the yeah. the, the kingdom come series in dc the marvel series mm-hmm. in marvel um and he did a lot of like covers for earth x i believe right yeah, he earth did x. the earth x covers he also did uh i think he he actually co-wrote and i know he did the artwork for or some of the artwork for what was it called justice Justice, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing I'll say about um, Alex Ross, if for those who don't know his work, it's um, drawn in a in a real in a realistic painted kind of format where, you know, usually people they they, they use life models, you know, just just as um for reference, but Alex Ross uses the life models for his images. So, he's drawing Superman and he's having somebody dressing up in a Superman costume. Right. And he's painting them, and this is what Superman looks like. And it mm. looks as real as Superman, Superman could possibly be outside of the movie. Yeah. Unrelated question. Yes. Is he related to Bob Ross? You would, I, don't, I don't think there's any pretty paintings or any, <laughs> any pretty trees in the picture. pretty trees going right here. No, but it's just crazy where you have two guys named Ross, and you have Bob Ross, who with three flicks of his little spatula, he already has a whole mountain range. Yeah. And then you have Alex Ross, who's... Artwork, you know, compel like compares to that of photographs. You know, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I can see what you're saying, but Ross is also a very common name. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but coincidence though. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex Ross's artwork is so phenomenal, and and from what I'm just the cover of the book. I mean, just the lighting and just how everything is put together looks fantastic. Yeah. It's, Kingdom Come. Yeah. Marvels. 
crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's all, it's all a great job that you know. It's just it's also just great sometimes seeing uh, the flipping through this book, seeing characters that you didn't realize that he actually had drawn any of these characters. So seeing them in his painting style, like you know, to see Batgirl painted up, you know, in his way, or Solomon Grundy, or you know, Mixed um, Pitalik or something like that. You know, to see these guys painted, it's just kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you're not familiar with any of those books, he also did Astro City for a while, or I believe he did the covers for Astro City, oh, okay. which is an independent comic. Oh yeah, book. I, I, you, I discovered that comic book after a while. Yeah, Astro City it was pretty cool. Yeah, he had done life. the uh, um, for Battle of the Planets. He did the covers for those when they yeah, came yeah. out around like 2002. That was that's what actually first got me hooked into knowing who he was. Yeah, Alex Ross is fantastic. My only problem is that everybody. Not everybody tries to be him because not many people can do comic book comic book um, art with painting. But I feel like people like to use, give it a realistic approach. And the person that does it the worst, if anybody knows me, if I had one bullet in a gun and I can kill one artist. Umberto Ramos? No. Oh, damn it. Greg Land tries to do oh, it. Greg Land? Him and his, his light box copy machine? Yeah, so basically he uses a light box <laughs> and he'll take images from, from magazines Porn. and other places. Porn or whatever <laughs> he does, <laughs> what he does take from porn? No, he takes from all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, he basically takes he takes these images from like Vogue and from all these other magazines and porn and um, makes it into superhero, but it doesn't look the same because the moves are so static. But so, also, they're in non superhero mo- poses. I mean, they're yeah. they're in the, these weird jumpy poses, and everyone's always smiling, right? Like, creepy smiling. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering why he still has a job, and I guess it's because people feel like, well, he's like the next Greg, he's like the next Alex Ross. I'm like, no, he's not. I don't know what they think there, you know. But what I, um, one thing I like about Alex Ross's uh, interpretations, especially of the major heroes, is that he likes them older. He likes the Superman older. He likes right. the Superman kind of gray templed Superman, like Earth Two Superman used to look. Wonder Woman also is probably, you know, she probably looks like she's in her late 30s, early 40s, things like that. So, you know, your heroes look more Weathered. fatherly. Well, fatherly, too. Like, as if they actually could lead you. Like, these are the people that you would turn to to advice. I mean, you know, Superman being Superman and Batman being Batman. But, you know, if these people were real, are you going to turn to someone that looks like they're still, like, putting on their clear seal and going, what do you think the world should be, you know, right now? Well, I think. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I could see where, where that... Where that um where that line of thought, you know, goes into play. I mean, well, that's originally how the heroes looked. Yeah, yeah. that was the thing. Is that, you know, you figure there is someone older, a little bit wiser, making these decisions with all this power. I wonder how he would do the the new Fifty Two version of the characters in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Blank page. They don't inspire me. Fuck it. <laughs> He's still painting the Wonder Twins there in the retirement home. Oh my god! Wonder <laughs> Twin powers. <laughs> <laughs> But Alex Ross, I mean, he's definitely one of the better artists in, in the industry. I mean, the only thing I hate is when they only do them for covers. And back in the day when you couldn't read the comic book, you had to see the cover and buy it and choose whether you're going to buy it or not. You couldn't open it. Or at least in some of the stores I went to. What kind of store did you go to where the, the pages were all stuck together like that? <laughs> no, no, that no. is some creepy old no, man no, store. No, no, no. They were in the, in the plastic. It was, you could take it out. Yeah, uh-huh. like, the, um, the, the, like um, the time the Troy was on. It talked about Jimmy's store. Right. Jimmy's store, he, they were already in the plastics. They were already wrapped up. But you couldn't open them and read them. You either bought them or you didn't. Oh, okay. So it was like, you, the thing that would get me mad was you'd see a cover of Alex Ross. And like, oh, man, this whole issue is going to be like that. You buy it, you take it home, you're like, fuck. Yeah, no. Yeah, Alex Ross was not known for generally doing an entire book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he is doing the covers for um, 
the Batman sixty six Green Lantern crossover that oh, yeah? Matt Smith is working on with uh with Ralph Garman. Oh, yeah. that'll be exciting. You say Matt Smith? Sorry, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Matt Smith. Okay. Matt Smith is Doctor Who. Ah, and there you have it. <laughs> Alex Ross's look at the DC Universe and what Mike would call book number 62. 62. 62. 62. <laughs> All right, and welcome to the semi-final round of the Meanwhile 22 Hero Madness Tournament. We have been through a lot of ups and downs with this tournament. Last week we were supposed to have a tournament, but there was supposedly a contagion going on, so they had to clean up the arena, but now we're back. We're, um, all the heroes are ready, and everybody's got their vaccination, so everybody's feeling good. I wonder where that contagion outbreak started from. I have no clue. <coughs> Patient Zero? Uh, Some monkey that we were fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to recap for everybody, just letting you know, you know, our field of 16 has been narrowed down to what we like to call the final four. So this is the semifinal round to see who is going to be named the Meanwhile 22 Hero Madness champion. Our first matchup is going to be one that nobody picked in the brackets, and I bet you if anybody did brackets, they'd be pissed right now. It's going to be Catwoman versus Dr. Fate. And um, before we get to the play-by-play, let's send it to MFG with the sponsors for Catwoman and Dr. Fate. All right. This is a battle that we've all been waiting to see come down to uh, these finals. (laughs) I love the way you said that. (laughs) So (laughs) tongue-in-cheek. But we have uh, that uh, Dr. Fate has been sponsored by the Apocalypse Institute for Higher Learning because a genocidal, megalomaniacal mind is a terrible thing to waste. And uh, Catwoman has been sponsored by the Bosley Hair Transplants for Mutants, where Professor X is not only a client, he's also a terrible spokesmodel. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so going to play-by-play is RT Square, where Officer Tech and MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Yes. So what do we have here today? This incredible matchup. It is a great day for a matchup, too. That's right, and uh, as we talk here, we see the Shi'ar technology manifesting our field. What does that look like to you? Um, it looks like a deep, dark tunnel. That is right. Don't go for the light. Don't go towards the light. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks like the Murloc tunnels. Ooh, I've known there's some fun down there. I heard there's some great dungeons. (laughs) I I think if you listen closely, you can hear someone screaming in pain. I mean, enjoy. (laughs) They may have just run into Callisto's face. (laughs) Not sure which there. But, um, yeah, so it's definitely the Morlock Tunnels down there. Um, we're getting all prepared there. Dr. Fate looks like he's doing a little Dr. Fate exercises. Catwoman's doing a, a little sexy uh, dance there, I, yeah. I, she probably was just tying her shoe, but I think it just turned into a sexy dance. <laughs> I think she was a stripper in her past life. Yeah, I think she brings her own jazz player with her there. Yeah. <laughs> the saxophone just plays wherever she walks. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's the bow, and the fighters are off. Oh, there we go. Captain, uh, Catwoman whips out that nice whip that she has. She does that whipping of the whip. Oh, yes. Dr. Fate looking a little bit afraid and tantalized. Oh, yeah. But he flicks his wrist. What's that? She's tied up by her own whip. Oh, he is 
good with the spells there, but not too good. Yeah, she's she's working those fingers like magic over there. It's just ripping right through those that that whip. I mean, if you have claws, you got to use them. Yeah, she knows how to use them, all right. She's lunging right at Doctor Fate. I don't think that's a good idea. Never is a good idea because his hands are going again. And uh, wow, he's I thought he was going to disappear, but he's actually just shooting a bunch of looks like magic like knives. Knives, or, yeah, blades. Just pretty just, shiny, indestructible. Yeah, kind just of knives. flinging them at her, just like one after the next. But she's evading them like the Catwoman that she is. Yeah, she's got a lot of backflips, and she's just she's kind of like. Like maneuvering because she's she's going around now. She's not standing still. No, no, and he's he's still firing them like a, a machine gun. You know, just keep it going and going. Yeah, she's amazing that she's flipped over there. She's actually kind of in his own spot now. Yeah. Wait, wait. Looks like Doctor Fate is a uh, stop shooting. Now he's sort of charging up a big this, fireball. Yeah, this is or like something. a big spell of some form. I have never seen anything quite. Catwoman is just standing there. She's not even moving. She hasn't even turned around yet. Yeah, I know. And I oh, there, there it goes. It's a big firing. Oh. This is going to be too bad for her. I can't even look. Holy oh. shit. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I did not. She just turned around with Captain America's shield that it appears Dr. Fate had just left lying there on the ground. I guess they didn't think he'd need it, but her, his spell just bounced right off the shield and it's right back at him. Yes, and there is nothing left, not even ash. No, there was a little puff of smoke, and I don't even know if there was a scream or not, but... Yeah. I guess we just have to wait for the ref to tell us uh, if this fight's over or maybe he disappeared. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. The refs are out on the field. They're waving it off. Yep, fight's over. Wow. That was a lot faster of a fight than I expected. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dr. Fate, he was the, the crowd favorite. He was the crowd favorite, but Catwoman there, I didn't think she would have had a way around magic. <laughs> I guess she's got a way around all kinds of men. Oh, that's, that's right. Wow, now I guess we're going to have to take that back to the cap at the Meanwhile 22 Control Center. All right. Cap, did you see all that? MFG, I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, who would have thought that... Were you watching the fight or Catwoman's chest? <laughs> Shoot. I think he was looking more at her ass. I, I, I was actually looking at the fight. Wow. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> but, I mean, I, all jokes aside, Catwoman using Captain America's shield, very strategic, you know, to, to use that and once again, you know, Getting Dr. Fate to, I was trying to find the words for it, like, you know, Fate has finally caught up with Dr. Fate. I mean, he kills Captain America and takes his shield as a memento, only to be killed by it. Yeah, well, after know. beating somebody in the head with it. <laughs> exactly. I guess she Wouldn't just comes around. Uh, poetic justice or irony? Oh, Karma's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now we know No, Karma's actually out in the audience there. She's part of the New Mutants team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know why? Nobody noticed her because nobody cares. <laughs> See, now we know that Vibranium is good more than just in the bedroom. Oh, <laughs> that's true, too. Well done. Well done. All right. So now we're going to get ready for our second semifinal fight, which is going to be the David and Goliath story of Squirrel Girl versus Superman. So before we get to that fight, MFG, please let us know who are sponsoring our two combatants. Uh, well, Superman is being sponsored by Ritalin Me This Clinic. The question of your child's ADHD diagnosis will no longer be an enigma. The helpful staff will strap your child to an explosive device, then provide a lengthy explanation of how to disarm it. Those that don't blow up are cured. And uh, <laughs> Squirrel Girl has been sponsored by Craven's Hunting Lodge. Never again worry about luring your prey into a trap. In less than 15 minutes, Craven's masturbating lessons will bring you a sigh of relief. 
I can't believe that's a sponsor right now. (laughs) 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 My mouth is is slack-jawed right now. I'm like, whoa, okay. Moving right along. So MFG and I are going to provide the play-by-play for this last matchup between Squirrel Girl and Superman. Before we begin, Mike, did you even see this match coming up at all when you looked at the brackets early on? No. I I have to say I would have been nuts to think that Squirrel Girl would have made it this (laughs) far. Nuts. Very nice. All right. (laughs) I I really just can't believe it. I, I, I... I, I can't I can't believe it and I would imagine like Superman I'm insulted to see it. <laughs> I wonder how Superman is going to handle such a such a big um this disparity of um superpowers. You know the fact that he can he can basically blink and win this matchup. How is he going to handle this? I, I probably by trying not to fall asleep. I would I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, come on, this is the man of steel. There, I don't see where this is really going to be much of a challenge. Hey, but you know what? Weirder things have happened. I mean, it's the it's the meanwhile twenty two hero tournament. Anything can happen. That's true. Weirder things have happened there. I've spoken to your mother. No, wow. <laughs> and, and as we're speaking right now, the Shi'ar technology is changing the field around us and giving us a different look. Now, Mike, what do you see out there? I see skies of blue. Okay, oh, I just say sing it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks like a park. Oh, it does look like a, a park. Uh, it looks like, I guess, is that Yellowstone Park? Yeah, it is Yellowstone Park. Yeah, I can boo, see- boo, boo. That's gel- that's Jellystone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, and you know, it's funny when I was a kid, I used to always get confused with that. Oh, but look at this. Speaking of um, little nice little woodland animals, check out the squirrels from Squirrel Girl. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. They, they're actually cleaning up the arena before the match. How thoughtful. Oh, that was really nice of them there. I mean, they've gotten a lot of the trash up there. There was still a lot of those uh, those uh, magic knives hanging out there. I was just going to say that. And maybe some and some of the dust left from Dr. Fate, I guess. I, I guess. I don't know what it is. They're so helpful. That's really sweet of those squirrels. Well, they're nice little squirrels. All right. So now we have Squirrel Girl getting into her, into her starting block. And I see Superman getting ready. And there's the bell. There's the bell. Oh, and here comes go. Squirrel Girl coming right oh, at she Superman. she's not wasting any time. That's a flurry of punches. I guess you'd call that a squirrel flurry? I guess so. I wouldn't call it that at all. <laughs> you wouldn't call it anything because it would be funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Superman just swats Squ- Squirrel Girl away. Not even an effort. No, I don't even know if he swatted her or if he was just yawning. I'm not sure which it was there, but it, it definitely pushed her um, halfway across the field. It was quite a bitch smack right there. Yeah, but I think she's uh, smart enough not to go back towards those those Man of Steel arms. Again. Yeah, she's re- grouping but she's definitely keeping her distance and oh man wow she's stronger than i thought she was she's got a huge ass big it's not a boulder but it's a huge piece of rock she's gonna attempt to throw this at superman yeah and then what that wasn't smart he just blew that away right with his heat vision yeah sliced it like butter man i mean i don't even know why she even thought that would even be smart yeah well smart not to get near him anyhow yeah well Well, i guess he's uh not thinking that that's the best thing uh to wait around for another oh he's coming right at her flies right in there oh yeah He's got it by the neck. Oh, it's over, oh, Mike. We've seen the this neck before. Lift. I've seen the neck lift. This is not good. But, but well, she's got it, but she's still, she's got that damn annoying squirrel sound going on again. What's going on now? I just hear nothing but squirrels. Oh, wait. Here come the army of squirrels coming back. Do you see that glinting with all those those squirrels? What is that? I don't know. They're definitely not glampires, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but they're, they're looking pretty with all that metal. Hold on. Wait a minute. Those are the daggers from the last match. The magic daggers from Dr. Fate? Yeah. Oh, this is not a good sign. Oh, wait. Those little strategic little bastards. They grabbed the knives off of the floor to be able to be ready for this match. I don't know which is smarter, the squirrels or squirrel girl. Oh, and they're, they're converging on Superman right now. They are all over him like, like well, I'd say squirrels on nuts, I guess. <laughs> 
oh man and, and squirrel girl wiggling her way out of there and all I see is a, is a squirrel clown that's all I see yeah, and I'm hearing a lot of man of screaming oh my goodness well there's no screaming anymore all I hear is clink 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 which means that I guess they're, that they're really just hitting the, the knives against each other yeah I, wow holy cow well they're, they're starting to depart off of that and oh, oh I never thought I would see this with the rib cage or the skull <laughs> I can't believe that Superman has been decimated to a bone to a bony skeletal form by a bunch of squirrels. By a bunch of squirrels with magic knives. I once again, the Meanwhile Twenty Two tournament shocks us again. That is shocking, but I guess we're still waiting for the referee. I, can, I don't even know why we're waiting for the bell. I guess the referee just needs to make sure that the sunlight's not reviving him. But I don't see anything coming out of this besides barbecue sauce. <laughs> There's the bell. Yeah, there it's official go. now. It should be more like a death bell. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, a big surprise that Squirrel Girl has uh, taken that match from the Man of Steel, and he's no more. Oh, my God. It's done. It's over. And now we're back for the recap of the Meanwhile 22 Hero Madness Tournament. And I'm here with my colleagues, MFG Mike the Finance Guy and RT Square Ralph the Tech. So, gentlemen... The semifinals are over. We're now down to the finals. And our finals are now Catwoman versus Squirrel Girl. Did we even see this coming? No, I can say that without any humor. I don't think that anyone has ever seen something like this. It is a stupendous, incredible, very stupid fight. Why are you so nasal? <laughs> I think Jim Hansen's up his ass. <laughs> Jim Hansen? <laughs> Hansen. <laughs> nice play on words. Well, all jokes aside, I didn't even see this coming. Who, if you would have told me out of all of those heroes that Catwoman and Squirrel Girl would have made the final cut, I don't know. And once again, Squirrel Girl showing how lucky she is to have those squirrels around them. Those squirrels love her. Those squirrels are psychotic. <laughs> what? Who would have thought to grab the knives off the off the floor to be able to use them for the next match? Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if those squirrels work for her or if she works for them. I was just going to say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> those are some evil little bastards. Like children of the corn kind of squirrels and shit. Exactly. One of us. You don't get between squirrel and their nuts. <laughs> Obviously not. But she's evidently the biggest nut they found. <laughs> and the other matchup, Catwoman beating Dr. Fate, another one that I didn't see coming. How, do you, how, how are you a wielder of magic but can't beat a woman in a cheap pleather outfit? That Maybe was, his magic doesn't work on pleather. That was quite a twist of fate. I hate that you're in charge of this now, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. So next week, to our dismay and to, and to Kevin's dismay. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> I, I think we've lost Kevin as a listener. <laughs> well, next week is going to be the finals, which is going to be Catwoman versus Squirrel Girls. That's going to be a very interesting match. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win that one? Um, I have no guess at all right now. I'm just wondering who Lois Lane's going to go after now. <laughs> well, she's she's like not really a widow because they never really got married, or right? I, maybe they did, and no one common cared. law, common law. <laughs> common law. <laughs> I'm sure she's gonna give Lex Luthor a call. Oh, nice! You you would you would wish one one would hope. <laughs> All right. So on behalf of MFG Mike the Finance Guy and RT Square off the tech, this is the Cap saying, stay tuned for a couple of more minutes because Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the go. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm sorry. I had to. We've been dealing with coughing all day. Might as well have to do it in the uh, podcast also. That's, that sounded like a different kind of cough, you know, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> people can't see what the fuck you're doing. They probably don't. That's a bad imitation. Okay, for those who understand what Ralph is doing, please write us in and let us know what was that Ralph's imitation. Send it to bad imitations at meanwhile twenty two pages later. <laughs> all right, so you guys all know the segment. I give quick questions, they give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute. But fuck it. I mean, you know, weirdest shit has happened, like Squirrel Girl winning. <laughs> that, that, that was pretty weird. Yeah. So, are you gentlemen ready? Yeah, already enough. Yeah, I wonder Sometimes. If these questions seem a little bit different this time. I don't know what the hell I was smoking when I wrote this. So, <laughs> you were smoking uh, American pine. <laughs> I don't smoke anything. That's the problem. <laughs> All right. So, are you ready? Ready. All right. Ready. Set. Go. Which hero would be the most ineffective outside his habitat? Aquaman away from the ocean or sea? Captain Britain outside of England? Spider-Man outside of city landscape or Batman in broad daylight? Mike. I say Spider-Man outside of a city landscape because I really want to see him swing from one low rising cactus to the next. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Ralph. Aquaman because I think he'll just flop on the line like a fish out of water. Oh, outrageous. <laughs> Which leader do you think would be more of a douche? Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy? Superman of the Justice League? Or Cyclops from the X-Men? Ralph. You said douche or crybaby? Because if it's crybaby, I, I pick Cyclops. Wow. Really going there? Mike. <laughs> well, it's an easy one. Superman is a giant douche. Wow. Okay. So, Superman. All right. I can tell. If you were choosing superhero, a superhero team like a playground or like in the playground and there were two heroes left, who would you choose? Vibe or Angel? Ralph. Vibe. Oh. <laughs> I think I'd choose Vibe because then he actually has like an active power. Because Angel, I mean, come on, you're going to fly away and like use your wings. Ooh. The passive power. <laughs> Mike. I think I'll choose Angel only because his power may be lame, but at least he's a multimillionaire. And, you know, as a white guy, he has a career ahead of him. Vibe, <laughs> Latino gang leader? I don't think so. Oh, God. <laughs> and hey, what? he's amazing with the ladies. Ah. <laughs> amazingly quick. Um, and last question. What's the first word that comes to your mind when you're watching a Marvel movie in the theaters and people begin to leave? Mike. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> you idiot. Have you never seen a Marvel um, action hero movie? Right. Ralph. Yes, only I would know the secret. <laughs> and spoil it later. <laughs> right? And I, I agree with both because it's funny because when you're sitting there, you're like, wow, have you not watched any Marvel movies at all? Do you watch any movies? I mean, half of the action movies have endings like this anyway. It doesn't have to be a Marvel movie. Exactly. Yes. Ever since Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Ferris Bueller had an ending? Yeah. Yeah. I got to check that out. Because yeah. <laughs> he just basically tells everybody to go home. Yeah. He's like, the credits are, he's like, he's movie's over. Here? Why are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I guess I didn't stay that long. <laughs> All right, so there's our show for this week. So for MFG, Mike the Contagion, I mean Mike the Finance <laughs> Guy, <laughs> and for RT Square, Ralph Six Claws, a.k.a. Ralph the Tech, this Snick, is Nick Snick. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky and keep your hand over your mouth. You spread germs that way if you let it out. <laughs> <laughs>